1: Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day.
2: Assalamu Alaikum rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome to another live program here on Voice of Islam radio station. It's four o'clock and it's uh, the time for the drive time show. We're uh, broadcasting obviously live here from London studios. Um, it's a uh, fantastic sunny afternoon and uh, in the studio today. You joined by myself, uh, Safir and uh, Salman. Come, Salman. Assalamualaikum. How are you doing today?
0: I'm very well. How about you?
2: Yeah, good. Um, how's um, how's uh, the uh, your 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 place, uh, Catford? How's everything over there? Good.
0: Oh, it's it's great. Um, as you said, sunny. Um, but all the grass is burnt. All the grass is burnt. <laughs> yes, yes, and we are being told that um, we are expecting a drought. We need to be careful with our water usage yeah so a bit scary but it's it's good to have some sun here in london absolutely absolutely uh well
2: thank you very much for tuning in uh, if you're listening to voice of islam radio station on dab and also online www.voiceofislam.co.uk so um salman and myself today we're, we're going to go through two topics as we usually do and the two topics are kind of linked as well mm-hmm. the first topic is uh, unemployment uh, but we're going to look at un- un- unemployment uh, not just uh, an issue in itself at the moment where there is obviously a very high demand for uh, jobs um, but then also we're going to look at uh, uh, some people who miss out on employment because of um, their their race or their background and that kind of racism then in the second hour we're going to talk about um you know, racism in general and uh we're gonna look at Islam, a religion that um, you know, removes all kinds of racism and uh Islam, you know, being a religion that um is for all races and all people a universal religion. But I think Salman if we start off with the unemployment discussion that we're gonna have today and first of all I think uh we we we, we have probably looked at this a couple of times as well is that the pandemic has obviously had a lot of impact on the job market, on uh, people's, um, you know, jobs. People lost their jobs. A lot yeah. of people became redundant. Um, many businesses had to, had to shut down because of, uh, <coughs> you know, because of the challenges the pandemic brought. But now again, when this society is trying to kick start, um, again, there is a shortage of positions that needs to be filled. Um, and we saw that, you know, recently with the... Um, you know with the travel industry mm-hmm. the airports and all that so um so so we'll be looking into the uh, causes of unemployment um and especially also muslims and ethnic minorities in the uk whether they are you know struggling a bit more than others uh in terms of getting the jobs and the uh, you know the, the getting into their careers um as they want to
0: so Absolutely. Um, we are going to be looking into this topic in, in great detail as, as much as we can, obviously, over the next hour. Now, job vacancies in the UK, for instance, are at an all-time high, actually, with 1.29 million positions that were waiting to be filled in the first quarter of 2022. But despite that, um, there is this feeling, um, this sense that Muslims and other um, ethnic minorities are sort of struggling to get those. Mm. Um, in this regard, Hazrat Mirza Masrur Ahmed, hope, uh, the current uh, worldwide head of the Ahmadiyya community, says that if it if we truly want peace in our time, then we must act with justice. We must value equality and fairness. As the Prophet of Islam, peace be upon him, so beautifully stated, we must love for others what we love for ourselves. We must pursue the rights of others with the same zeal and determination that we pursue our own rights. And these are the means for peace in our age. Mm. And I mean, this say, uh, saying of the prophet, this narration, whenever I read it, it is so beautiful. And, and, and really um, at the crux of this is, is the fact that he says, we must love for others what we love for ourselves. Yeah. If this one single rule was followed in the world today I I mean 95% of your problems would go away probably right
2: exactly I mean look at today I mean we're looking at you know the ever increasing cost of living for for people and and especially those people who are you could say in the middle class or those people who are uh, you know around the the, the minimum wage and around that you know sort of um level that that they they really can't yeah. afford yeah the you know um extraordinary you know increases in uh, in in the bills and um uh, their um you know their their expenses and this is not something that's in their control in fact you know that's just something that's increasing and increasing despite uh despite you know energy companies gas companies these big corporations making Millions and billions of pounds worth of profit. Exactly. And, um, and and now they're saying that even in the winter, it's going to, you know, the, the annual bills for people could, could increase to 4,000 pounds. That's, yeah.
0: that's crazy. That's, I mean, just, that's just, just something that m- most people just cannot afford. And I mean, we've always had this sense of um, there being sort of three classes. Mm. Um, within this country. So there was this middle class and then there's this, this um, lower working class. Working yeah. class and then we see the people that are, are better off, uh, well off. But we are more and more sort of going towards two classes. Yes. Where there will be one working class yeah. and then the super rich, Yeah. right? And this is exactly what Islam says, that look, you need to be just. Justice must prevail.
2: Yeah. And as you said, that we must pursue, pursue the... The, as the the worldwide leader of the Muslim community said, and you quoted that, we must pursue the rights of others with the same zeal and determination that we pursue our own rights. Yeah. So, I mean, that is something that is 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 lacking, and uh, this is why we we are at the stage and uh, in, in the position that we are in now.
0: Exactly, exactly. Um, when we talk about racism, I think um, one one big part of this is the institutional racism. Mm. Right? Now, what is institutional racism? It is the the core of the problems that are being experienced by ethnic minorities. It is defined as the collective failure of an organization to provide an appropriate and professional service to people because of their color, culture or ethnic origin. And unlike the racism committed by individuals, institutional racism has the power to negatively affect the majority of people belonging to a racial group. Um, now, does institutional racism still exist in today's age and time? Yes, it does. Um, a study has been done by the UCAS Admission Service on racism across the higher education sector. This study shows that black people in UK 21 times more likely to have university applications investigated for suspected false or missing information than their white counterparts.
2: 21 times more likely.
0: 21 times more Right yeah. now, this means that the high uh, unemployment rate of ethnic minority people may actually stem from their difficulty to gain entry to education in the UK.
3: Yeah,
0: right. And many ethnic minority individuals continue to feel that their race, uh, in or of itself, is a barrier to better employment mm. prospects. And, and, and we've got studies for, for this, right? So, yeah. um, according to a McGregor Smith review, 29% of black Caribbean employees, for example report feeling that they have been overlooked for promotion because of their ethnicity, as do 35% of Pakistani and 33% of Indian men.
3: Hmm.
0: Now, that's quite something. And on the contrary, in Islam, it is believed that all humans are equal. Even over 1,400 years ago, before things such as the civil rights movement, the women's rights movement, etc., the Holy Prophet Muhammad, may peace be upon him, stood up for the fair treatment of all people. And he himself stated that an Arab has no sup- uh, superiority over a non-Arab, nor a non-Arab has any superiority over an Arab. Also, a white has no uh, superiority over a black, nor a black over a white, mm. uh, but except uh, in by, by piety and good action. Yeah. So this is the, the core teaching also of Islam. And if this teaching was to be followed in today's day and age, mm. we wouldn't have those twenty-one times more search applications of of of, of, yeah. of people of black ethnicity, isn't it?
2: Exactly. I mean, I think that this uh, saying of the Holy Prophet of of Islam, uh, Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings for Allah be upon him, is is so ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. You know, like one thousand four hundred years ago, that he said this. At that time, Arabs. It, uh, Arabs took the blacks for slaves Nobody. Yeah, there, there, yeah. there was there was no regard for you know that a black person would um, would have any say or would have any value in mm-hmm. that society because the Arabs were fairly a little bit white Yeah, you know Yeah, they, they weren't um, black of color but the prophet saying that and <clears throat> not only just saying that but he also put it in practice so for exactly. example one, you know one of the companions um, of the prophet was uh uh, Hazrat uh, Bilal may Allah be pleased with him, no and he used to be tortured and humiliated by the uh, Arabs, non-believers, because of his faith, but also because of his uh, status as a as a black man. But the Prophet, you know, when he when he became Muslim, the Prophet uh, uh, obviously uh, got him freed from his uh, slavery, yeah. and he got a very high status of uh, of leadership in in Islam exactly. and. Uh, uh, even even at the time of when prophet came to mecca um you know becoming victorious he came to mecca and and, and at one stage he said that anybody who comes under the flag of milal yeah. will be will be protected exactly and and that voice ringing in the ears of those arabs who used to you know torture him used to step on him put stones on his back uh, that was truly a way to 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 humble them Mm-hmm. and and this is this is the practice of islam that you know black white arab it doesn't matter who you are you should have the same uh, opportunities you should have the same respect and um, you should have the same opportunities as well um and and it all depends on what kind of you know human being you are and how your skills how your um your conduct and your righteousness is that determines whether you are a good person or whether you are not a good person, but regardless of race, any any human being should be respected, and that's the message of Islam, as you mentioned. You know, one thousand four hundred years ago. But it is sad uh, and concerning to see that even in today's society, which which uh, you know, suppose there is is a civilized society, mm-hmm. and and we 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 do expect that you know, for example, the UK. Uh, very diverse uh, society that we are living in that we should not have these issues, but still we do have yeah. such is- issues in, in in employment, which is a concern, and you know that's something that obviously we as a society should work to to remove from 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 our um, societies. Zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight is the number to call. You can give us a call. You can also. Tweet at Voice of Islam if you wish to send in your comments. We're more than welcome. uh, We'll we'll welcome them, uh, and we'll, um, uh, you know, be very happy to take your call. We're gonna also speak to a few guests on this show. The first uh, guest that we have invited is Bina Kandola, who is a British psychologist and a senior partner of Pern Kandola. Uh, Bina, good afternoon. Peace be upon you, and welcome to the Drive Time Show.
4: Good afternoon. Thank you for inviting me.
2: Thank you very much for joining. Why is it that we see an increase in rates of uh, racism now uh, than, you know, say, before decade, two decades? Why is it in, in an increase right now?
4: Um, yeah, I, I, the, the, um, it goes up and down, actually. The, uh, the trend overall is that racism is, is going down uh, over the decades. it's going down. But in terms of employment... Um, it's it proving to be more difficult uh, to reduce the levels of discrimination that, occur, that, that occurs but again it varies it goes up and down the, the uh, I mean there's research that's shown for example that the at, at particular moments um, in particular reference to uh, rate hate crime
3: mm. it goes
4: up you know so with the brexit vote... yeah. Then this has nothing to do with the, I mean, this is nothing, I'm not making a comment about whether it was right or wrong, but the Brexit vote itself led to an increase in certain parts of the country to um, increases of hate crime. Yeah. So when, when it comes to discrimination in, in the workplace, it's, it's something about, related to people who are more like me, are more likely to get selected. Mm. Um, and that's the basis of it. I
2: mean we, we did talk about this like uh, in the beginning of the show that there is a record high of uh, positions that needs to be f- you know filled in um yeah. th- there are many jobs 1 million positions more than that um that that mm. needs filling so so with that much demand out there um should it be an issue with 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 racism and with selective um you know um picking from 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 people uh, that are applying
4: well, I think what you find is that when it comes to, when it comes to those positions, the 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 um, the less fed the less well paid roles are more likely to be given to minorities. But the issue kind of becomes one of the, the higher paid roles. Uh, so if you look at the British uh, the, the British context and and you look at pay, uh, you do yes it is true that um, uh, people of African Caribbean origin, black people. Uh, get paid lower, much lower than average. But people of Pakistani and Bangladeshi uh, uh, um, heritage actually get paid worse than that.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, some of the, the uh, some of the worst, some of the poorest communities in Britain are those where Pakistani and Bangladeshi communities reside. So, so the lower-paid jobs actually isn't an issue. It's actually having access to the to the higher-paid roles where where the problems start to occur.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely um Pena, do you believe racism in the workplace can be reversed um unconsciously when it is so deeply rooted in society and uh, if so, how would you suggest that can happen
4: It's <laughs> a great question the the uh, workplaces can not and i think i think it's kind of, i think you're implying this in your question <laughs> the, uh, the the actually that you can't eradicate it Mm-hmm. Uh, but work, workplaces have their role to play, and sometimes the education that people receive in the workplace can help us when we when we leave the workplace and, and go home. It can get, give us a different perspective on um, on members of our community um, because of the things that we're discussing in the workplace. So, no, it, it, it can't eradicate it totally. Uh, but workplaces do have a role to play, given that we spend so much
3: time at
2: work. Mm. Just out of um, curiosity, I mean, w- when when we talk about certain positions that uh, mm. that that people are applying for, is mm. there some kind of explanation or uh, some some conduct or some regulations that um, you know the, the bosses or the companies have to provide for why they haven't chosen a specific uh, you know person? who's applied whether that person is from uh, a a uh, you know a, a, a different race or a black or asian uh, community is there is there any any rules any any sort of uh, uh, yeah. regulation in, in place that they have to you know have a reason for why uh, if if a person obviously has the qualification mm-hmm. and he's not yeah. chosen and another person is chosen uh, is there is there something that uh, that 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 can be done to kind of find out w- what really is the motive?
4: Yeah, the, the, um, I mean, good practice in terms of selection would be that when you are making your selection decision, you, you have a clearly defined set of criteria, you match your candidates against it, and you have a clear decision, uh, you have a clear rationale for the decision that you've taken. So good practice would suggest that there's no obligation for people to follow those good practice guidelines. Uh, and in fact, you do find uh, uh, that the, the the kind of classics studies which demonstrate discrimination is where you have where an organisation is sent two identical CVs, and they're identical in every single respect apart from the name. Mm. So one will have a majority sounding name one will have a minority sounding name often uh, in, in my readings of the research well, often that minority sounding name will be an islamic name uh, and that research shows quite clearly in every country where they've carried out this type of research and there are many countries that have carried out this research the person with the minority sounding name despite having exactly the same qualifications as the majority family candidate is is likely there's more likely to be discriminated unfairly against so and 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 even though good practice suggests that we should have a proper rationale and a proper process often that that is not the case
2: hmm. so there's no um there's there's no obligation on the part of no. the employees to no. to follow that basically
4: no i mean it, it becomes problematic when um somebody brings in it, uh, a race discrimination claim,
3: hmm. and then
4: the organization will have to provide the evidence but in the absence of that uh, there is there is uh, there's no real necessity to to do that yeah
2: and normally we probably don't see that many of uh of cases coming up where people actually have pursued no. or, or you know raised an issue
4: no but you wouldn't know would you you know so you. You've applied for a job uh you get a rejection letter saying thank you for your application unfortunately you were successful on this occasion we wish you better but we wish you the best in your future career yeah but true so you have you have no idea why you were rejected yeah. was taken yeah
0: absolutely and um you know obviously you, you you've written a book um on this topic, racism at work, the danger of indifference, uh, such as the evolution uh, of race bias. Can you tell us um, more about that?
4: Yeah, the, the, um, the book came out in 2018. Uh, and I wrote the book. So I've written, I've written uh, a, a number of books about bias in the workplace. Uh, and I thought, actually, nobody's talking about race and racism in, in, uh, in, in, uh, in the workplace. So I wrote the book. And actually, the subtitle, The Danger of Indifference, he said, nobody seems to be bothered about it. Uh, and, um, and I was asked, and in fact, I was put it's in the foreword to the book, actually, about I had conversations with people, with clients, with clients about, it, saying, why are you writing this book? Well, you know, racism is a thing of the past. And now I kind of said, well, no, it isn't. Well, thank goodness racism isn't in our organization. So there's this kind of denial that it even existed. And, of course, the events of 2020 with the murder of George Floyd and all of the uprisings and demonstrations around the world actually made organizations start paying attention to it. Uh, and the 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 the, mo- the most interesting thing about the my re- researches into the book is actually the notion that there are there's a hierarchy of individuals with you know, creation of races with some at the top and others at the bottom. Um, that's actually a relatively recent uh, um, way of thinking. I mean it's like the 15th century, more like the 15th, 16th century, kind of onwards from there. Before that, the notion of races wasn't, wasn't even really discussed. There wasn't a, a word for it. And so people, you would find people of all sorts of ethnicities doing all sorts of jobs. Mm. But the notion, of, uh, the notion that there was a hierarchy of peoples based on their appearance actually really started to take hold from about the 16th, 17th century. So it's a new, it introduced new and uh, uh, very suspect ideas into, you know, our frame of knowledge. Right. But, I mean, actually it's based on, I mean, the, you know, the colonial, the European countries colonizing, Mm. large parts of the world mm. it, it served it served their purposes to kind of think actually these people are inferior to us therefore it is our role our destiny almost and in some cases it was referred to as that it's our destiny to kind of be in charge of them mm. because they're not capable of doing it themselves
2: on, on the positive side i mean the other side i mean things have changed a lot is hasn't it i mean over the years uh, yeah. obviously we see you know people from different backgrounds, races, uh, you know, uh, really also reaching very, you know, good, high uh, positions. Um, so mm. what more do you think needs to be done to remove that, you know, that that element of um, institutional racism which perhaps is left?
4: Yeah, I, th- I think that the, 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 um, we do need, but I think the, the great, the, the, the best, um indicator of the change actually is that we, we do seem to be more prepared to talk about topics of race um than we did in the past. It's not it's not it's not a subject which is kind of uh, uh brushed to one side. Hmm. It's taken uh, we seriously. Are more, now, yeah. We are more likely to take it seriously and organizations, and this is my focus, are more likely to take it seriously. I think that the so that that is that is a that's a very positive sign. I've come across a lot of people in organisations who do engage in very meaningful discussions about this. Mm. I think the the main thing is just to make sure that we 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 don't see inclusion as being an initiative. You know, creating a workplace where everybody kind of feels valued and respected is often seen as a as an initiative, something we will do over the next couple of years. And it's something that needs to be worked at year in, year out for a long period of time in order for the culture of an organisation to change. And sometimes I think that organisations get distracted. Oh, we've appointed two, two um, senior people from minority groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of think that's job done. That isn't job done. You know what I mean? It's actually the, the daily interactions that people have with one another, which is, which is where the discrimination really occurs. The, the, it's about how people treat one another as member of teams. Do you include that member? Do you listen to them? Do you pay attention to them or you or don't you? And that's where the real kind of work of this takes place, I think, where all of us have a part to play.
2: Mm, absolutely. Bina Candola, thank you very much for uh, joining us. Um, your um British psychologist and senior partner of uh, Pern Candola, uh, which is uh, I think, uh, a um, organisation that provides diversity and inclusion training uh, for people. Um, thank you very much for your time.
4: Thank you. Thank you for inviting me.
2: Zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight is the number to call. Uh, we can also, you know, take your tweets um, on Twitter at uh, Voice of Islam UK. We'd love to hear from you. Do check out our Instagram page as well. We have all the information and the topics that we discuss um, ongoing there as well uh, for you to see. Now, um, Salman, I think when it comes to racism at work, um, there is obviously going to be, uh, some element of racism, um, i in in some places, but overall, you know, it's 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 a positive thing that, uh, you know, that the that the situation is not as bad as, uh, as perhaps it was previously, because obviously, you know, people who have lived here for a long time and especially, uh, you know generations have obviously told us stories of how when they came how how strong racism was at that time, yeah, and obviously that has you know when 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 the discussion of racism when these things are taken up seriously then that then things also change. I remember obviously a few members who are muslims uh you know told me how. You know, there was open racism uh, in 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 classrooms in schools where a teacher would be racist or the students would be race they racist towards towards them because of their skin color or because of their ethnicity. Yeah, and obviously that that has changed, and of course there will always be a little bit of element of racism. Perhaps that over the time maybe that also will change. But um, what definitely is uh, a positive thing, as we uh, talk to our guests as well, is that there is a change in <coughs> certainly we've seen that change also in sports so recently ob- obviously the whole case about racism in cricket at yeah. the Yorkshire club and everything that happened yeah. there all the changes that came into place were positives of, yeah. of, of you know taking up this discussion and taking this matter seriously
0: absolutely I mean look not that we are in, in, a, in a great situation yes we do need to improve but at least if someone does speak up in this day and age, um, they they are heard at least, right? Mm. Especially with the rise of social media and platforms such as, I mean, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or, or, or really. Um, it is very easy to be heard mm. in this day and age. And it age. is
2: denounced when it comes out. Exactly. It is denounced, which is exactly.
0: good. Exactly. Racism now is actually taken seriously, mm. whereas I mean we 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 gave the examples of maybe a hundred years ago, fifty years ago, things weren't as simple as they are today. So yeah, definitely, um, I'd say we are on a good path, but we at the same time also have a very long way to go. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, sports or other such areas, um, they are in the public eye, so. Um, defining racism in such areas is probably easier Mm. whereas in limited companies where people are applying to for education as you were mentioning earlier and and I guess cooler as well that there is a simple reply that well you were rejected and we wish you better luck in your future but no one can actually identify why they were rejected right so one would assume that well I probably didn't do well enough in my interview or or my CV wasn't good enough Mm. right but at the root of all this, they there might just be plain and simple racism, which because we of their name or whatever which yeah. we can't locate, yeah,
2: yeah. So that that is something that is very difficult to identify, as you you mentioned, but also difficult to change, and that's the way, obviously, that uh, you know we need to to work towards. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, when it comes to to job vacancies. Um, Experiments have demonstrated that all the major ethnic minority groups in Britain experience discrimination at the initial stage of the job search process. Black, Asian and minority ethnic job applicants need to make almost twice as many applications in order to obtain a positive callback, such as a job interview, as white British peers with identical CVs, exactly something that our Uh, guest pointed out Mm -hmm. ethnic minorities are more likely to be out of work because employers are rejecting job applications from those people because of their names or because they're not white Mm -hmm. and this has been proven by a study conducted by the researchers of the European Trade Union Institute with people of Pakistani Bangladeshi Black African Black Caribbean and Middle East and North African ethnicities and the link was clear they were less than half as likely to be invited for a job interview, as people with surnames suggesting they were white British, and their employment rate was similarly less than half of that of white British. So, that is uh, that is a very big difference. Less than half is uh, you know you have a fifty percent less than fifty percent chance of uh, you know getting a job
0: that you are applying for. Absolutely, and then it 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 becomes even worse, I guess, when when we talk about women, right? Mm. Because they 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 are facing even more. Um, racism so for instance according to the independent it has been recently found that women from black asian and minority ethnic uh, backgrounds are twice as likely to be on a zero hours contract than their white counterparts right this means that for these people there is little to no job security uh, which has caused a problem especially with something like the covid-19 pandemic Um, Forcing, obviously, these people to to stay home, right? Mm. Um, Now, speaking of the pandemic, the union boss of the Trades Union Congress, the TUC, is calling on governments to challenge structural racism. He he, he has said that uh, BAME workers bore the brunt of the economic impact of the pandemic in every industry where jobs were lost to the impact of covid uh, the uh, black minority ethnic workers were more likely to have been made unemployed. Again, mm. I mean, uh, racism doesn't just start when you apply for a job, but it, it also continues when you are in the job. Yeah. And when it comes to letting people go, racism will still prevail, right? Um, how much more do these people have to bear in order to be heard and in order to be given uh, the rights they deserve? Yeah. So the meaning that those people who had to recover from losing the job, resulting in a higher rate of BAME unemployment in the past two years. Hmm. Um, let's speak to our next guest. We have Vidi Mago with us,
2: um, who is a law graduate from Queen Mary University of London. And um, yeah, let's, let's uh, speak to Vidhi. Uh, good afternoon, Vidhi. Thank you very much for joining the Drive Time Show here on Voice of Islam. Hi, how are you? Yes, uh, we're good. Thank you very much. Um, great to have you on. Um, from From your perspective, uh, how would you describe racism in the workplace? and is it as bad as we are you know looking at and, and mentioning as as far as the statistics go?
5: Uh, I would say uh, it definitely is looking very bad at the moment. And according to me, racism in the workplace is uh, not what we commonly assume it would be, right? We would assume it to be um, act, overt acts of racism, of, of, of being loud and angry uh, reactions from people. But instead, uh, these days, it, it is hiding itself under the garb of microaggression, of unconscious bias of uh, having preconceived notions about a huge chunk of people because they look a certain way, they behave a certain way, and more so speak with a certain accent. Uh, Especially with BAME population, I would say, acts of modern racism slide in with a lot of subtlety. One wouldn't even know of the assumptions they're being subjected to just by a little detail they carry with themselves, uh, which is what makes it easy to fly under the radar. And, uh, of course, we all share a responsibility to stamp it
2: out. Right. Uh, and you obviously um, mentioned at the end that, you know, we all have a responsibility to stamp it out. But how, how, do, how do somebody stamp it out who, who's subject to racism? What is it that they can do? I mean, they probably don't know why they got rejected. Um, but it could be that they were rejected because of their name or because of their color of their skin. But how do they? How do they pursue that matter? How do they get justice?
5: Okay. So the thing about uh, uh, racism is that it is it is usually disguised into various forms. So obviously, there's nothing one can do and kind of combat b- because it is hidden and it, like I said, it's disguised in a garb. So. The one who is a victim, obviously, they cannot do a lot about it. But what we can do as a society at large is stay united and not try to fit in, you know, with the white culture, not try to kind of be one of them and hide ourselves and then hide our identity, you know. That's what I'm hinting at here. Mm. And what I mean Mm. by we all share a responsibility to stamp it out is that we all as a society, so not just us, the BAME, which is the Black, Asian, Minority, Ethnic Community but also the white people right they have a responsibility to stamp it out as well because i mean i'm sure they don't want to be seen just themselves in in, in an office place right mm, yeah no <laughs> so, absolutely. so that is exactly what.
2: I'm yeah and uh, obviously uh, understand that you 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 will be um f- furthering your um, your your studies or your career in human rights uh, as well to what extent uh, would you attribute racism to to human rights?
5: I would say racism directly falls under the bracket of uh, human rights. In fact, it is one of the difficult topics, uh, more so because of how disguised it could be in various ways. Mm-hmm. I could just be walking on the street and look down at a certain way, just by the way I dress. You know? I could just be wearing a sari and then I, w- I, w- I could be judged by how I'm dressed and uh, no one would even know that it has happened to me. It's it's hard to recognize acts of racism, especially modern, subtle acts of racism. Um, also because the cause of racism it is not exactly skin color, it is human thinking. Mm. And until we do mm. not see some issues of racial prejudice, xenophobia, intolerance, there will always be a direct link between the two topics. In fact, racism is a major human rights concern, I would say.
2: Right. And uh, lastly, what are your perspective on on white supremacy and its impact on on unemployment?
5: Uh, again, the whole idea of uh, systemic racism is sewed on the same thread as white supremacy. So so long as there is supposedly a dominant group which is willing only to pull members of the same group up the ladder, we definitely think about where we are heading as a society. White supremacy, I would say, it's poisonous for the society, especially because the dominant group uses structural racism, not only to obtain resources, such as employment and wages, but also to limit the non-dominant group's access to these resources. And as long as there is a whole community that is being deprived of those same resources, the cycle society- will And as far as unemployment is concerned, I definitely agree that white supremacy has a major role to play in the recently rising stats on unemployment also, Uh, because we have to understand it as a whole cycle where one group of people who wear dress, speak a certain way, stay in the same authority and have the same powers in the hand. And on the other hand, the group stays deprived, the the other group stays deprived of such resources. Mm. And I'm sure there are quite a few studies that depict the link between the two.
2: Mm. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much, uh, Vidi, for your time and, um, and and for answering our questions. And uh, obviously, good luck, all the best uh, to your next chapter of, uh, uh, I think you're moving to Hong Kong for further studies.
5: Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pursuing my LLM and from Hong Kong now. And thank you so much for having me.
2: No problem. You're welcome. Anytime. Thank you very much for your time.
5: Thank you. Bye-bye.
2: Bye bye. 0208 687 7878 is the number to call. Um, we're talking about unemployment and racism in 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 unemployment uh in in um sorry, r racism in 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 the job uh society and for people from BAME, um, black, Asian and uh minority ethnic groups. Um, if you are um somebody who perhaps have experienced something like that, uh, you're more than welcome to give us a call. To speak about it. We'll love to hear your opinion. Or if you think that you know this is not the case and you've had a positive experience and do also share that with us. 0208-687-7878 is the number. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back right after the break. You're listening to Voice of Islam. This is the Drive Time Show.
3: Allah. Allah.
1: You're listening to The Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day.
2: Assalamu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Welcome back to the Drive Time Show here on Voice of Islam. May peace and blessings be upon you all. Um, we were talking about uh, racism at workplace. Um, Islam denounces all forms of uh, racism, distinction based on creed, caste or colour or, you know, the background of all people, no matter where they are from. Uh, Islam fundamentally believe and preaches and teaches that every human being is is equal um, and, um, you know, uh, they have the same, uh, they should have the same uh, rights and opportunities. Now, regarding the uh, Muslim population, the House of Commons has suggested that the unemployment rate is estimated at 13% of the total Muslim population in the UK. It was previously thought that one of the factors that caused this uh, are socio-cultural attitudes of Muslims in the UK. This suggests that unemployment in Muslims can be explained by their commitment to traditionalism of their culture or religious practices. This means that it was... Thought that Muslims do not integrate into Western societies easily due to certain cultural or religious practices. An example being the lack of women seeking work and the men being the main breadwinner in the household. Now, Salman, we we know that Islam does not restrict anybody from from working, mm-hmm. and um, especially when it comes to um, uh, when it comes to work, uh, even at you know at the the Prophet said that it is better if you work with your hand yeah. than, than than you not working or asking for exactly, something. Exactly. So that is something that we find in the Islamic religion. But we're going to talk about that um, later on in more detail. But let's take our first guest. Uh, we have uh, Andrew time with us. Andrew um, is uh, joining us uh, on the uh, line. Good afternoon. Um, welcome to the Drive Time Show, Andrew. Uh,
6: good, good afternoon. Thank you very much
2: thank you for joining um, in in what ways has do, do you believe your race or religion uh impacted you um, in in terms of employment in terms of job
1: uh,
6: okay let me talk about ex- uh, particularly like race uh, i i i've always had a, i don't know whether it's a, a complex or but they, i always find there's a bias for People of different race,
3: mm-hmm.
6: and even it could be worse, as in religion also, because uh, we need to try higher. We need to try twice as hard as uh, as other people. But what happens eventually? Once uh, you prove yourself, in, in, initially getting in there is always is always an issue. Mm-hmm. But once you prove yourself, then the respect starts uh, coming, and it impacts now, and the, eventually, but. The thing I always feel is being given that opportunity. There's always a bias. There's always a bias, and it it it, it, it now affects us now, uh, whereby we have to get into jobs which are at entry level mm-hmm. to try and uh, to try and prove yourself because you're not given a chance, right? Considering your race or yeah,
3: yeah.
2: Well, Andrew, yeah. if you if you don't mind me asking, what is your background and race, and, and how uh, how how are you doing now in terms of employment and uh, uh, you know your your uh, your your work?
6: No, I am uh, I am a black African. I'm a Kenyan uh, originally, uh, and uh, at at the moment, um, I've just finished. I've just finished an undergraduate. Okay degree in education uh i have been in uh, retail and uh in retail i've had to walk my way up
3: mm.
6: to where i am now to be a ma- being a manager wow but yeah. uh but it has it has taken uh it has taken you know like a lot of heaps and loops and everything you know i' have had to go through the but notwithstanding anyway mm. Because at the end of at the end of the day, it's it, it. You have to, basically what I feel is uh, there are people who are okay, you can't judge yourself,
3: mm-hmm.
6: but uh, you feel that some people who don't try as much because of the even you could even feel like the race, the accent. Mm-hmm. So you see all those factors, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. and yeah. and and how many years have has it taken you? You mentioned obviously you've gone through a lot of challenges. So how many years has, has it taken you to come to that position that you're in now?
6: No, it took me uh, initially it took me four years. So but it's now, it's now seven years, but initially to get where I am it has been it was four years. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um now how important do you think is education in reversing the impact of racism? in the workplace and do you believe education plays an effective role in this
6: uh, yes education plays an effective role because uh i think it's something you can back up because at times when you try and uh, you try and, you try and give your, especially the education now that they consider is a bit like the uk education uh, but being a foreigner and being Sometimes it's not really recognized.
3: Hmm. So
6: it's uh, attributed to you. Basically, I'm going back to the first point. I said you have to try twice as hard as other people. Mm-hmm. As other people who've... Uh, from other, other... other Yeah. Yeah.
2: I've heard that actually from a lot of people that have had the same thing, that they, you have to try and you have to work twice as hard as as... as probably other
6: people to
2: yeah. to get the same you know um, there's, there's already a,
6: oh, sorry sorry a, 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 there's already a bias already when you start when people think you you're not able but you know they don't give you that chance
3: mm.
6: yeah uh, so and I think that's attributed to your accent your race and all of a lot of other things you know mm. their beliefs yeah
2: but obviously you did mention obviously when you do perform well and that changes the the perception of uh, people's mind. Obviously, from the beginning, the perception should not be there. But of course, the positive yes. thing is that y- you can change the perception of people. So, do you think that is something that will just take time that the people will see? Okay, you know, there is no difference. Um, so, so we should, you know, there's, there should be equal, um, you know, chance and opportunities. Or do you think that that's there's always going to be some kind of or some level of racism always that we just have to live with?
6: No, I don't. I don't accept in. Uh, I don't accept in uh, accepting, a, especially a negative situation. Especially when you know it can happen to your peers or even your children in the you know coming up. So I always feel like it's good to advocate and try to like. I always tell. Uh, I always tell uh, anyone who who, who I, I feel we're in the same position. Like you know, try your best. You understand when you come to work, mm-hmm. do your best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That way, you are making it easier for all of us and for even the people behind you. So I do not believe that uh, it will always be the same. And uh, but you know, at the end of the day, time will time will because at the end of the day, it's uh, uh, it's a, I believe it's a matter of time. But we cannot sit back and just wait for it to to happen. If, if all of us, if all of us, you see, like uh, these avenues now, like we are actually talking about it,
3: yeah,
6: and we are addressing it this is this will actually make a very big impact yeah in that our voices will be heard and will be they'll see the contribution that we are making towards yeah. uh, the society as a whole because uh not you you know you, you get something because it's it's it, it's win-win situation you understand they you, you win they win you know everyone is a winner yeah mm?
2: absolutely yeah. our society generally would be much better if uh if you know there, there was, uh, there was no racism as such. Okay, thank yeah. you very much, uh, Andrew, for joining us. It was great talking to you. Have a great day. Thank you. Uh,
6: thank you very much. Thank
2: you. Zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight is the number to call. You can also tweet at uh, Voice of Islam UK. Um, Salman, as you mentioned earlier, you know the, uh, the, the, the teaching of the Holy Prophet of Islam, Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings, so, be so. upon him, was was so clear one thousand four hundred years ago, where he said that no white man. Has any superiority over a black man, nor is a black man worth more than a white man It all. You know, comes down that you know to your hearts and and how you are as a person, if you are righteous or not. That is the main thing. So you know, and that we should all discharge our responsibilities and rights for other people and wish for other people as we wish for ourselves. So these are the Islamic teachings that we, you know, mentioned earlier that completely removed any kind of racism or discrimination 1400 years ago yes you know it requires people to follow that teaching and is often sometimes you know in some cultures in some places these teachings are not followed but in fact the fact of the matter is that these are the fundamental teachings of the holy quran these are the fundamental teachings of islam and if they are fully followed properly then certainly that will lay the foundation of a beautiful, harmonious society.
0: And that's obviously um, something that His Holiness, the worldwide head and current caliph of the community, has also said, um, and I'm going to quote his words, he says, it is up to all members of society, whether Muslim or non-Muslim, whether religious or non-religious, to work together for the peace and prosperity of the world, rather than making allegations against one another, or pinpointing each other's flaws and weaknesses, we should open our hearts to others and show grace, compassion, uh, grace and compassion. Instead of attacking each other's religious and uh, needlessly provoking one another, it is the urgent need of the time that we exhibit mutual respect and
6: tolerance.
2: Absolutely. Um, also in the Holy Quran we read, O ye who believe, let not one people deride another people who may be better than they nor let women deride other women who may be better than they and defame not your own people nor call one another by nicknames bad indeed is evil reputation after the profession of belief and those who repent not are the wrongdoers so of course here again we find the beautiful uh, admonition the teaching about not deriding another uh, people and not uh, calling people by you know bad nicknames and and generally just you know to to treat um everybody with respect and love and the motto of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community of course is love for all hatred for none the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is obviously spread in more than two hundred countries worldwide um we have uh huge thriving communities in in Africa, in Asia, Mm -hmm. in America and uh, in South America and in Europe, of course. And that is because of the Islamic teaching that attracts people towards Islam, which always um, has been welcoming to people from all different uh, backgrounds, faiths and also uh, race.
0: Yeah, just where you mentioned uh, the Ahmadiyya community, we had our uh, annual convention mm. last weekend Yeah, and I think that is the most beautiful example of how um, people of different ethnicities and of different war- walks of life sh- can work together should work together right so for instance when we are going inside there is no such thing that a white person has, has the right to, to go in before the other one or vice versa. Um, We are all standing together in queues. There is people from Arab backgrounds, from Pakistani or um, South Asian backgrounds, um, people from, uh, I mean, China, America, from from Africa, you name it, right? They're all there in peace, in harmony, in brotherhood. We're standing together, we're eating together, we're praying together. There is no sections that are um, 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 allocated to to specific ethnic groups. There there is no such thing. We all... uh, Together, yeah, and all of this can only happen when you are united um, for one God, mm. right? And this is what Islam teaches you at the end of the day: that we are all there under um, um, the 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 guidance of our Caliph, and our um, aim is is not any worldly thing; rather, it is the brotherhood and just 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 being good to each other at the end of the day.
2: Absolutely, and that is the universal teaching of Islam: of uh, everyone being the same. Uh, created the same and um, fulfilling the rights of mankind uh, which is of course a fundamental pillar of the Islamic faith Um, we're coming to the end of uh, this hour you're listening to Voice of Islam this is the drive time show join us after the break and the news where we will be going on to our second topic
0: you are listening to the recording of a live show please do not call or text as this is a recording and lines are now closed
6: A shed a
3: la-A shed and a la
1: Listening to the Voice of Islam Radio, you're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio, broadcasting on DAB via the internet 24 hours a day.
2: Good afternoon welcome back to The Drive Time Show here on Voice of Islam radio station. You're joined by myself, Safir and Salman. So uh, Salman, obviously we're carrying on the discussion of racism into this hour and uh, in this hour we're going to look at a religion that is from all, that is for all races and as we mentioned islam is a universal religion um it it uh, you know uh, claims that its teachings are for everyone and uh, you know it it does not uh claim that you know the god of islam you know is just for muslims or arabs it addresses the whole world um you know in the in the in the beginning of the holy quran or the beginning few chapters of the holy quran we come across this verse that um, that uh, god almighty says that today I've perfected the religion for you and i've chosen Islam as the uh, the, the religion for uh, for you that i've completed my blessings my uh, favors so that shows us that over the long period of time where we look at the history of religions different religions have come but they have been specifically to you know concentrated on on on, a f- on one community or uh, one place and people whereas Islam has um, you know come to to appeal to everyone so you know uh, that's something that's unique to Islam where um, uh, the Prophet of uh, Islam also said that I've been sent as mercy for all mankind yeah. not just the Arabs but actually a prophet for all mankind and um, since since then of course Islam you know, um, d- approaches everybody to try to bring them under the fold of Islam that this is a teaching that should appeal to uh, all times and for every people
0: that is absolutely true and this is also something that um, we get to read a lot in our literature as well um, so as you rightly said The Quran mentions we that we sent such and such Prophet to the Bani Israel, Hmm. the uh, Israelites, right? And then others were sent to to their people, to to their tribes and the areas. And again, those teachings were limited in time. So whenever God then sent a new teaching, it was a a, a more sort of a perfected sort of teaching, right? Then obviously comes the Prophet of Islam Muhammad. And the beauty of uh, his teaching specifically speaking of the Holy Quran Mm. is that it tells us in the first place to respect and and look up to every single prophet that was sent by God so for instance the Jews are not going to believe in Jesus peace be upon him and other um, religions won't believe in certain other prophets Mm. Um, the Jews and the Christians are not going to believe in the prophet of Islam, for example. Mm. Um, we have the prophet of Ram and all the other prophets, right? So there is, uh, I mean, hundreds of thousands of prophets that, that came down. But then there is Islam that tells you that, look, all of them were righteous, were pious and a very respectable people.
3: Yeah.
0: Right. So the only platform humankind can possibly come together on is Islam. mm the, the the only platform that that gives me the right to respect every single one is Islam. Otherwise, I will have to choose one and leave the other one, yeah, right? Yeah. Which is uh, which just doesn't work. At the end of the day, we we need to have one common concept. Yeah. So this is what Islam brings you, and this is why, um, the 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 uh, promised Messiah, alayhi <inaudible> azawajalla, um, also said that if you truly want peace within religions. The only way is Islam. Hmm. And in this day and age, it is the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. It is the Islam which is being brought to the world through the Ahmadiyya community. But And all of our listeners and those that are aware of the teachings of Ahmadiyya community and those that aren't, uh, I would encourage them to to look into these teachings. Ahmadiyya community is at the moment the only platform that can provide the world with a solution for all sorts of problems and it can really bring everyone together. Mm. So yes, definitely. Um, Islam is the one religion that can guide humankind. And I think peace. you know
2: also this fact that you mentioned about respecting all different prophets which creates a uh, which is a chance for the global community to unite because otherwise as you mentioned, you know, you can only pick and choose with other religions. You can Absolutely. only pick, you know, for example, for Christians, it would only be Jesus that Jesus yeah. is only the way. Yeah. And for Jews, it would be just you know that they don't really accept people from outside religions anyway. Mm-hmm. And then certainly with other religions as well, it's it's all very much concentrated on their own. Yeah. Whereas Islam is is the religion that you know that makes this compulsory. So it's part of you know a Muslim's faith that you cannot be a true Muslim if you do not accept or believe in all previous prophets exactly. to be from God Exactly. so if you reject for example Jesus uh, peace be upon him or Moses peace mm. be upon him mm. and say you know what I don't want to believe in Prophet Moses uh, God forbid or Prophet Jesus then you are not a Muslim anymore exactly. because you exactly. have to believe in that and yes. that's compulsory and that's something that is you know completely unique to Islam no other religion requires you to believe in all, all religions to be from God Almighty Islam mm. is in fact the only only religion in the world that does that and that exactly is the reason why Islam is the only religion fit for a universal, uh, you know, uh, scope or, or for a, for a religion that can be universal for everyone. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did mention uh, in the previous hour about the Prophet's last sermon, where he actually also said that, you know, um, an Arab has no superiority over a non-Arab, nor does an Arab has any superiority over. Um, uh, nor does any non-Arab have any superiority over an Arab Mm -hmm. and a white person has no superiority over a black person nor does a black person have any superiority over white except by piety and good action and this is you know said 1400 years ago um, way before any human rights or any you know uh, kind of effort to remove racism you know we just have to go back not very long where slavery was still relevant yeah. uh, in 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 uh, in the colonial times yes and uh, and you know islam eradicated uh, slavery you know 1400 years ago
0: and the only way uh, i mean uh, in in our past hour we, we we spoke with one of our guest callers and his stance was very simple that racism is not something that you can eliminate mm. well we say you can mm. but th- there is a way to it which is the islamic way right because I mean, the, again, the the beauty of the Islamic teaching is that it doesn't teach you to sort of succeed within this world, mm. rather in the hereafter. Yeah. So whatever happens in this world has a sort of secondary position for yeah. us. This is just the way, mm. right? So every Muslim that has the fear of God in him, that knows that I will be accountable for all my actions one day, he just simply cannot get into stuff like racism, mm. right? He will have to stay away from this stuff. Mm. Rather, he will make every effort he possibly can to um, eradicate yes. racism yeah. from this world, isn't yeah. it?
2: To fulfill the rights of people. I mean, that's such a important part of the Islamic uh, belief. So, yes, I think that's a very fair and good point that when people become too... Uh, you know, focused on this worldly life, yeah. then people are looking for their own advantages, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then they will do anything to achieve their goals or advantages, even if it means that other people will be at disadvantage. So exactly. that includes racism as well. Yeah, absolutely. So you could say that racism also is uh, a a product of not believing truly in God Almighty, because exactly. you know, if if people were truly believing in God and fulfilling their rights for other people they would like for other people what they like for themselves so clearly they're not doing that that means that they're lacking in. Something. And, I mean
0: th- this racism issue again a, a point that proves the the, the truthfulness and the uh, completeness of Islam really what other religion, religion has addressed the issue of racism in such detail mm. what other prophet shows uh, through his own actions mm. um, how to get rid of racism mm. right Um, As you mentioned earlier, the the example of uh, Bilal, who was a slave, right? And he then was obviously freed. And then he he was of um, such status that even the first and second caliph of Islam used to uh, address him as Sayyiduna Bilal, that our leader, Mm. uh, Bilal, right? So this is what Islam ultimately does. This is the essential idea of Islam, that we don't look at your color. We we don't look look at the way you walk or the way you talk or the way you look, right? What we are focused on is how righteous you are, right? Your piety, and obviously your abilities. Bilal mm. mm. must have been very able. He he was obviously able to 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 lead the Muslims in 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 battles, right? Um, he obviously had a beautiful voice. This is why he was chosen to call the azan. Why did the Prophet ﷺ not choose an Arab to mm. to call the azan, right? Why was it specifically Bilal? Why was it that the people of Mecca and Medina would start crying when they yeah. heard the azan of Bilal because yeah. it, it was so emotional mm. and it was so beautiful, right? So the Prophet, and this is just one example. Another example is is uh, of someone um, of a uh, black um, ethnicity that would clean. Um, and uh, sweep the streets in Makkah and the prophet didn't see that person for a while and then he asked about them the, where, where they were and he was told that that person passed away. So he got to be uh, um, uh, he wasn't very happy about it and he asked uh, why was I not told about this mm. and then he found out where, where the grave of, of, of that person was and he went there and he um, offered his prayers over there uh, for the, for the uh, salvation of that person. Again, goes to show, show us that the Prophet didn't care about your color. He just cared about you as a person, mm. right? So this is the ultimate teaching of Islam. And if this was to be followed in this day and age by the Western societies, the world would just look very, very different.
2: Absolutely well said. Um, now, uh, the black and Muslim people obviously have to bear the brunt of discrimination. Uh, We we have talked about that uh, in the previous hour as well. Just a couple of more um, uh, statistics on that. Black people and Muslims are encountering the highest level of discrimination across Britain, according to a a new report. 81% of black British people and 73% of British Muslims reported that they had experienced some sort of discrimination in July alone this year. Only 53% of survey participants identifying as white reported incidents of discrimination and were the least likely group to take racism as seriously. Figures revealed that 89% of younger black women and 85% of younger Muslim women are most likely to report experiencing discrimination of some kind and around 77% of Muslim women are significantly more prone to discrimination in comparison to 67% of Muslim men. So again, the discrimination is is and racism is clear in these statistics and especially the women are the ones suffering more because of their um, you know their their uh, scarves and the, the way that they dress also, which causes them to be the um, uh, you know the, the, the offers of uh, racism as well, the subject of victims of, uh, of racism, I should say. So again it shows us that um it it is an issue that um is quite important to to talk about and quite important to assess and uh do something about. And um we find um a verse in the Holy Quran um, again that we also looked at before, uh which talks about that we should respect other people and, and you know uh give equal respect to everyone where Allah the Almighty says in chapter 49 verse 12 O ye who believe, let not one people deride another people who may be better than they, nor let women deride other women who may be better than they, and defame not your own people nor call one another by nicknames. Bad indeed is evil reputation after the profession of belief, and those who repent not are indeed the wrongdoers. So 02086877878, uh, Sulman, you, anything you wanted to add to that?
0: Um. Yes, I mean, th- th- we are going to be adding to this, but um, let's speak to our guest caller um, for this hour, which is uh, Dr. Anna Piella. Um, forgive me if I get the name na- name wrong. Um, Dr. Anna is a scholar of gender and Islam, and her areas of expertise include feminism and Islam, Eastern European Islam and Islam in popular culture and digital media. Um, Dr. Anna, thank you very much for joining us and welcome to The Drive Time Show.
7: Um, good afternoon and thank you for having me. Salam um, alaikum. Wa
0: alaykum salam um, So, Dr. Anna, your research particularly focuses on Polish women's conversion to Islam. Why do you think women from a country like Poland, where obviously Christianity is very prevalent, are converting to Islam?
7: Um well, Christianity may, may be prevalent, but uh, the women who are converted to Islam are clearly dissatisfied with it. Um, they they may be dissatisfied with the theology. Um, a lot of them you know, tell me that they don't really believe in the divinity of um, Jesus, Prophet Isa, or they don't really grasp the idea of Trinity. Um, so that's the kind of theological argument. But yes, some, some women also... Um, are able to speak with Muslims, speak with people from other parts of the world, and, you know, they they learn about um, the religions and cultures. And there is a spiritual sort of aspect to it when they tell me that, you know, Islam just spoke to them. They felt that this was their home, that they had always been Muslims. They just um, didn't realize it. They didn't have a name for it. But these are their beliefs. They just had to find a label. And say the shahada. Um, so, so, so there there are a variety of reasons. Um, we very rarely, in my research team, found that um, you know somebody was married to a Muslim, and uh, the marriage was a kind of trigger for a conversion. Usually, it is a, a very spiritual sort of, well thought out decision. Based on our research, hmm.
2: and what kind of uh, things, um, as, as you mentioned, you know they 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 feel that you know they are already. Living kind of an Islamic uh, life uh, in, in, mm. in in the way, what kind of things attracts them to towards Islam? Or what what is it that they feel that you know this is this is what I want, and this is perhaps you know something that Islam gives me. Mm. Um,
7: so well, th- mm, a lot of women said that um, you know I, I mentioned the Trinity. They said I always believed God was one; um, that there were no partners to God. And that, that oneness of God was always had always been their sort of very sort of deeply held conviction. So that's one. Um, but some women, you know, also talk about sort of the lived aspects of Islam. That um, they they had always liked to dress very modestly. That they never liked to show their bodies. Um, or they had always avoided alcohol and pork. You know, alcohol and pork are a big part of the Polish culture. Um, you know, there's, there's no denying it, and it's everywhere. So you have to really go to great lengths to avoid um, sort of interacting w- with alcohol and pork. So, you know, they, they felt it was it was necessary, and they didn't really know why um, until they found out that these were actually the tenets of Islam. So that that was very interesting, we thought.
0: Right. Now, obviously, you, you mentioned alcohol and pork, um, which sort of leads me to my next question as well. So how do... um Polish women that have now converted to Islam, balance between their culture and uh, their faith? And also um, does the Islamic faith sort of um, help them when, when interacting with their friends and families or, or is it something that uh, maybe causes hurdles?
7: I mean, yeah, it's, it's all always very complex. Um, there's definitely a group of women who feel that they they. In order to be good Muslims they have to they have to leave Poland so a group of, of our respondents who lived in the United Kingdom where they felt it was easier to be a Muslim because because you know there, there are Muslim communities it's easier to find a mosque it's easier to find halal food and a community so so they they sort of you know largely cut off their families um, not maybe not f- fully but they, they would say you know maybe they visit once a year um and they don't they they don't celebrate the traditional you know Christian holidays like christmas um they avoid that so that's one group another group of women were very keen on sort of creating um what what we call sort of analytically um a Polish version of islam um and so they would um when 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 they during during Ramadan, um, you know, wh- when breaking the fast, um, instead of um, cooking ar- ar- Arabic food or food from other cultures, they actually look, look, made vegetarian versions of Polish foods, um, and they they were very much about, you know, I am Polish, so therefore I will eat this cooked sauerkraut <laughs> <laughs> um, at Ramadan, and because it's vegetarian, so you know, it, it's it's not it's not haram, um, and. And, you know, I could give many more examples where they basically bring some some examples or some little items of Polish culture into the, their Islamic practice, but this, this was a very striking one. Mm. Um, and to, as far as, you know, co- um, their families and friends, of course, sometimes, you know, there's tension, sometimes there are problems, but not always. And I think it's very important to highlight that for several of our respondents, actually being a religious person, um, Created a much um, easier sort of channel of communication with the older um, members of family, grandmothers, grandfathers. Where, you know, um, actually the the ability to talk about God, the ability to talk about prayer, was something that connected them. Because, yeah, young Polish people, people of my generation or the younger generations, very often, you know, kind of are secularized. They, they really don't speak about spiritual and religious stuff with their grandparents. So this was a very interesting sort of unexpected finding
2: right right Um, in your research uh, dr. Anna uh, you talk about racial hierarchies that are upheld following these conversions Uh, could you expand on that for 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 our listeners
7: yeah I mean um, the racial hierarchy um, for, for 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 and I, I need to say this, n- not just for the respondents um, who are Polish Muslims, but for all Polish people, um, for all white, pe- for all white people. This racial hierarchy is, you know, very simple. Um, it's based on white supremacy, and you know, it's, it, it may maybe perhaps considered a strong words, a strong sort of term, but you know, it is what it is. So let's um, call the spade a spade. Um, and white supremacy is a racist ideology that white people are. Superior um, to people of other races, and therefore they should be dominant of people of other races. And um, there will be some white people who will say, I don't see your race, I don't see color, but um, it, is a, it has been kind of identified as a highly problematic attitude because if you don't see race and color, then you don't see racial um, inequalities and racial discrimination that you might be um, exacting or might be happening around you. So actually, to say that you know I am white is import- an important first step for a white person and also white converts um, in sort of in, in, in facing
0: that. Mm-hmm. Um, you you then obviously conclude your article by saying that conversion cannot in itself be a ticket out of white uh, mm-hmm. supremacy. Converts should do anti-racist work, just any uh, just as any other Caucasian people. Um, how do you um, sort of uh, how do you think that can be done?
7: Well, it it, it has to be done through um, sincere anti-racist work. And if I can just cycle back, um, you know, the reason why I said that was that um, that conversion can be a, cannot be a ticket out of white supremacy was uh, because in, in sa- some of the inter- interviews we we conducted. Our um, respondents would bring up Islamic teachings about racial equality um, of people. You know, they, they refer to the last sermon of Prophet Muhammad, um, where he said that there's no superiority of white over black or black over whites um, or Arab over non-Arab and non-Arab over Arab. Um, so th- there is, you know, this is a part of Islamic theology, um, and so they they use that um, teaching. They, they use that warning that Prophet Muhammad left. Um, left behind uh, for people in claiming that you know as soon as they're Muslims, um, they cannot be racist because Islam is a non-racist uh, re- or anti-racist religion, um, and you know the sort of the the, the doctrine it, it is true, but um, to say that there is no um, you know that there there is no racism um, generally or you know a Muslim cannot be racist, I think would be perhaps you know um, in in um, conflict with what we know from for example from accounts of black Muslims um, and here you know I'm thinking about specifically there is a um, report by a black Muslim forum uh, it can be found online by you know, just by googling and it it, it it gives us the truth that you know b- black British Muslims definitely feel discriminated against in the wider society but also in in you know in the religious community mm. so you know th- there is some work to be done and um I, I have to plug here a book um, by a British Muslim um, black black British Muslim woman called Leila Saad. She's based in Qatar right now, but she wrote this book, Me and White Supremacy. It's um, published in 2020, and she um, she gives us a great gift um, in that um, it's basically a workbook for white people um, to, on how to confront white supremacy. And so, you know, you, you asked me how can how can this anti-racist work be done? It is actually, you know. Right there, um so it's you know about white people having to reflect on um their white privilege in the, in society um uh, reflect on their white fragility, and so you know they have to be open to listening about how their whiteness can hurt others. C- can hurt people of color. Um, white people need to learn to not tone police um uh, people of color in that you know they should not expect them to speak in a particular voice or dress in a particular and here, this is where sort of this kind of is uh, very aligned with with Islamophobia. That tone policing, um you know, we, we could imagine where you know the Islamoph- Islamophobic um attitude that Muslim people, uh, you know, experience, also are a way, you know, are a kind of tone policing that's um you know can can affect Muslims but also non-Muslim people of color. Yeah, you know, people, white people have to avoid white silence, so. Um you know when 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 we hear racist joke or a racist remark or a racist behavior, defa- we must act. We may not uh, we must not be silent and um, ignore um, such events in our families, in our communities, you know, or just in the street. Um, and of course, you know th- there is this whole problem of kind of deeply seated white superior superiority, um, which is a part of white supremacy. That can be, you know, um, manifested in different ways. So like hate speech against black people, racial epithets. um, Not every white person says this or does this, but, you know, there are some more subtle things that white people generally do. Um, They embrace white standards of beauty, for example. So, you know, everything that considers the white skin or blonde hair or blue eyes more beautiful than dark hair and skin, That's, that's also white superiority. Just it can be very well kind of hidden. But if we look at magazines, you know, uh, magazines or the media, that is definitely out there. Well, buying primarily from white people, reading books by white authors. Um, and, you know, and here I'm just basically quoting from Leila Sad's book. And for, for for me and my research, um, you know, she says, white people be- believing that they're more smarter, more valuable, more beautiful and spiritual than black people. And here, you know, it's where the cracks of the, of the argument is that with white conversion, sometimes white converts may see themselves as, uh, you know, in some ways superior than black converts because they they don't have, um, you know, they, they claim uh, being raceless or cultureless um, or more kind of educated. All those things, um, especially you know, in, in the in the context of conversion, play out. So, so yeah, there's a lot that white people can do. Um, um, and yeah, I definitely recommend Leila Sad's book *Me and White Supremacy* for for anybody who wants to do anti-racist work sincerely.
2: Okay, brilliant, Dr. Anna Piela. Thank you very much, uh, a scholar of uh, gender and Islam, um, and the expertise uh, that you have, including feminism in Islam. Thank you very much for joining us, and thank you very much for your valuable time.
7: Thank you very much for having me. Um, have a great day. Bye bye. Good day. Thanks, Nam.
2: Zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight is the number to call. Uh, you can also tweet at Voice of Islam UK. A very interesting uh discussion that we had with Doctor Anna. Um of course about how, you know uh women who are converting to Islam and especially from Eastern Europe as well, from Poland for example, that we talked about uh feeling that they already um are living or want to live a lifestyle that is, uh, you know, a blueprint of what Islam teaches.
0: Absolutely. And that again, um, a sign of the truthfulness of a religion. When people from the inside already feel like that a, a certain way um, 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 of living um, is the right one. When people from the inside believe that uh, there should be one God. when wh- why Why are we... Um, praying towards three, four, five or even multiple gods, right? So, yes, definitely. And But, but uh, um, it also shows us that people um, of different um, ethnicities will be facing different sort of challenges when yeah. they accept Islam. Yeah. For instance, the prevalence of Christianity um, um, in, in Poland, etc. Um, but we can obviously hear more um about um such converts especially yeah. um speaking with our next guest caller
2: yeah exactly uh, just just before we go that i think one thing that came to my mind was the prophet muhammad peace and blessings for allah be upon him also said uh, didn't he that uh, islam is a religion that appeals to your nature to your absolutely, fitrah. absolutely absolutely so again uh, people who who do come to that point where they understand that okay you know true respect is not that you wear less or that you're more exposed, but rather than that you're more protected and you are in modest clothing, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. And then about morals and then about, you know, the way of eating and drinking and to stay away from alcohol and uh, to, to eat a, he- a healthy and balanced life. I'm uh, sorry, balanced, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, food and, and to live in healthy and, and, and balanced life. Mm. That is the way of Islam as well when they realise yeah. that this is what Islam teaches that they feel okay you know this is this is what what is my religion this is this is what, how I want to live my life so so that attracts people as well and that comes back to the point that we mentioned earlier that Islam is a universal religion it it appeals to people from all different backgrounds from people from across the world it is not you know its teachings are not limited to to or, or you know its teachings are not something that's uh, that works for Pakistanis or or, or Africans. You know, it's, yeah. it's a teaching that works for everyone. Mm-hmm. Everybody who mm-hmm. wants to to increase in in piety and righteousness, of, obviously Islam would would be the attractive things for them. Absolutely. Um, let's go to our next guest. Uh, we have uh, Doctor Kalim, uh, sorry Kalim uh, Edwards, uh, with us. Uh, he's not a doctor yet, um, as far as I know. Uh, Kalim, um, assalamualaikum.
8: <laughs> How are you doing? In fact, I did used to tick the doctor box on my credit card application. So occasionally, a doctor, <laughs> I would get a doctor, but uh, that was uh, I only. Uh, then I stopped doing it. But uh, John Lewis used to ring me up and say, "Oh, Doctor Edwards, your fridge is arriving." I was like, oh, yes. you know, so was much easier, but. Uh, I don't recommend that to everyone but choose a professor one it's much easier
2: yeah yeah well you're a professor for us uh chris uh oh, very thank tight. you very thank tight. you very much for joining once again always great to uh, to have you on um you obviously we have talked about um you know your um conversion before as well you converted in 1990 and uh, is, is that
8: correct I did, right, yes. yes yeah that's right yeah 6th of january 1990
2: so yeah. it's been a while now yeah it's been a while and uh look where you are i mean you have you you were working actively with uh, the Humanity First charity and uh yeah. you're, you're now a beekeeper as well so uh, yeah exactly so, yes. yeah onwards and upwards yeah <laughs> um, it's commonly kind of believed Chris that Muslims are always from a certain culture or they they are from you know a certain background or a certain continent um, but obviously with 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 Islam you know appealing to so many people white people as well. How has your experience been um, w- with with Islam and, and and the teachings of Islam and, and the you know the 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 way that you wanted to live your life?
8: Yeah, I would say that um, you know I, I converted in a time before nine eleven. So um, these days, the movies that depicting Muslims are generally in a negative uh, stereotype of, of an Arab or, or something like that. Um, and and obviously, when people convert these days, there's always that stigma that um that oh gosh islam is such a worry when i converted in 1990 very little was i mean certainly my family they only heard uh, they knew that cat stevens the the singer converted to islam there really wasn't very much uh, um discussion about it or fear at all mm-hmm. um i think my family just saw welcomed the fact that i wasn't going to be done for drink driving or something mm-hmm. like, i was going to drink give up alcohol and all those benefits so for them i don't think they saw any negatives it just uh more positives really so and um, but you 're right um, there 's an expectation that uh, Muslims look like this, and you know Christians look like that, but you know you go to um, the right Christian Church and it 's uh, a very West Indian or an African focus, so I think you know all religions have the ability to to capture all different faiths, but the general perception is that uh, Muslims don 't look like me it 's why I try and wear a beard. <laughs> Give, give them a sporting chance. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, of course. That's one way. Um, also, you were introduced to the teachings of Islam. Was this something specific that really struck you about it? I mean, what was the point that you decided, okay, you know, now I'm, I'm going to convert to Islam?
8: Yeah, well, I tell you what, I mean, really, Islam is one of those funny things in that At university, I was um, looking for... I think when you go to university, you're looking for something, whatever it is. And uh, I did see that it was a a solid, logical path. I'm a science person, so I like sort of logic and structure. The only thing is I had a difficulty believing in God, so I kind of almost had to have that leap of faith where you uh, start practicing uh, and then see if your mind tunes into that wavelength. And uh, by the grace of the good Lord, all is well, and 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 I... Fully accept it now, but certainly there was a time when I was sort of going through the motions and following the the practice, and and I'm uh, very short. Very, you know, it didn't take many months. Then they start to sort of um, get that good feeling, and you 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 understand that God is there. But uh, I think that's a journey for everyone to to make.
0: Absolutely, um, Chris. Um, even though Islam obviously is a universal religion for all um it is also often alleged that people who convert often feel left out or are as well integrated into their wider communities um how would you respond to this
8: yeah i don't think that's um i definitely look around obviously it'd be lovely to have a majority of uh, of, of 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 westerners in in the local mosque uh but we obviously a uh, majority of people that uh, you know are uh, maybe their mothers and fathers were, were were migrants here. So I think that's I you know we always look to see that you know why are not more people converting and and uh, but I've never felt ostracised or, or or had any harm. I've always been open with open arms. So. They, there's certainly the Amity Muslim Association that could not have welcomed me um, with, with more open arms. As much tea as I could drink, as much biscuits and cake as I was <laughs> finding my way across, you know, they were honestly, but overwhelmed with, uh, with love. And, and even to this day, you know, I've been a member of the community for a long time, but, you know, you still have sort of a special access uh, with, um, with the way you look and, you know, because you are slightly different. So we definitely get uh, special VIP treatment.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, yes, you have been a member of the community a long time. I mean, you, longer than I have been, although I'm a born Ahmadi. Um, Chris, um, racism of, of, of different kinds remains a severe problem in our society, despite the focus on promoting diversity. Um, how do you think can Muslims who pro- proclaim that their religion is for all come together and tackle this on their part?
8: yeah i think the thing is that we, you know there has to be some self-reflection it's funny as a white person a white muslim when you go to dubai and you're in a car you're seen as uh unworthy when uh, saudis are driving past you you know they think that's the only time i feel sort of um looked down upon <laughs> uh and they, which is a bit odd really because i think that obviously islam you know was was, was born in saudi but uh their their seat they're, they're, they're even though there's mentions mention in the Quran that they, they should uh, treat everyone equally, you know, no one's better than uh, no Arab, non-Arab is better than an Arab, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They seem to sort of forget that. So I think we just need all those reminders and uh, and, and keep making sure that you know we you know as, as brothers and sisters all you know realize that we are all equal in the eyes of God, and it doesn't matter whether you're ginger or you're uh, you're a Saudi or you're uh, you're Chinese or whatever. You know, we all have something to give, and um, you know we need to try and um, sort of digest that inner racism that we have.
2: Absolutely. Kaleem, thank you very much, uh, as always, for joining. Um, have a great day.
8: Um, I'm, uh, yes, I'm in, I'm in Belgium, so I'm, I'm going to ride in my bike, motorbike with my friend Andy. So can I have a shout-out and I'll say a little prayer for me and Andy to have a safe safe journey in our in our trip around the uh, the Formula One circuit of Spa in uh, Belgium. Absolutely, absolutely. May Allah
2: protect you both and have a great holiday. Thank you very much.
8: Great. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.
2: All right, uh, great. We'll we'll go straight over to uh, another guest that uh, is uh, joining us, uh, one who has uh, joined us before as well. We have uh, Salimuddin on the line. Assalamualaikum, warahmatullahi wabarakatuh, sir. How are you doing?
4: rahmatullahi warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Yeah, fine. I'll just be really quick. yeah uh, One thing about the unemployment, mm-hmm. and one thing about the religion aspect of things.
2: Sure, sure, sure. So, you've been listening in uh, since the first hour. That's great.
4: Yeah. So, essentially, all I'm going to say to all the individuals please let the shaitan, which is the devil, come out of the human being. Keep a positive focus, visualize a positive outcome. Anything is possible with the Almighty.
6: Absolutely.
4: And uh, approval. That's all I want to say.
2: That's all? Okay. Thank you very much, yeah. uh, Salimuddin. Thank you very much for your call. Zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven seven eight is the number two call. Thank you very much, um, obviously, for, for, for your call as well. Again, um, we talked about unemployment uh, and racism at workplaces in the first hour. Now, obviously, we're talking about Islam, a religion that removes racism from uh, the society, a religion that is um, appealing to people from all different um, uh, backgrounds and races. Now, there are ways that we can reduce racism and there are different ways to do that. Uh, Researchers have found that uh, social contact with people from different backgrounds is associated with lower levels of prejudice, but that the quality of our interactions with others are ten times more important in reducing prejudice than the number of our interactions. So, of course, when you are in a going into a society which is predominantly white, you could say, then obviously there will always be people who have not enough knowledge or they might be scared or they might be unsure that, you know, who are these people of mm-hmm. this color, you know, which country have they come from, you know, and the, the different, you know, things that they are not used to it might be something that... Creates a little bit of racism where they might lack a little bit of trust, or they might not, you know, uh, feel comfortable with the with with people of different color or different backgrounds. And and of course, when people talk and discuss, and when people work together, and they tend to understand um, and learn more about you know other people from uh, from 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 other backgrounds, then they understand. Okay, these people are just like us. So so there's no reason to be scared, or there's no reason to you know, have um, have doubts or or have any kind of you know racism. So, I think education again yeah, uh, is the, is the key that we talked I th- about.
0: I think what one idea I, I I I recently came across someone who shared with me was that he moved into um, a, a sort of set of flats, and the people around him were mostly white. So he he wasn't very well received. Um, this individual is uh, from a South Asian background. So, um. One of uh, a few of his neighbors would always say that, well, your your house smells of strong spices, and this is something we, we we don't like or appreciate. So instead of um, stop cooking, um, he just told his wife to make loads of biryani and they just handed out to all the neighbors. And uh, suddenly they didn't seem to mind those spices, uh, spices <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anymore. So it, it's 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 always about reaching out, and once we show them our sort of true face, true yeah. colors. Um, they will definitely appreciate. I mean, look, it.
2: look now. I mean, people in this country love curry, for example. Exactly. Yeah? I mean, that's exactly. something that has taken time for them to adapt. Absolutely. People have, you know, now seen, you know, the, the, um, you know, get to know different cultures. So again, obviously, all of that comes with diversity as well. Uh, we're going to go to our next guest, uh, our last guest for this hour, that is Emma Ahmed, uh, who is a special needs teacher from Leicester, joining us. Assalamualaikum, may peace and blessings for Allah be upon you, Emma. Thank you very much for joining
9: alaikum salaam thank you for
2: having me thank you very much it is uh, commonly believed that uh, muslims are always uh, from an easter or eastern origin or from a specific you know place um as someone who challenges that perception what has your experience been like uh, with with people who may have expressed similar views or or people just generally been afraid of getting to know a muslim how, how do you change that perception how do you do you change um you no know, not necessarily just racism but just racist thoughts?
9: Um well as you mentioned, um I, I am trained as a teacher. Um so I've been working uh, a lot specifically with young children, primary school te- um children. So I find actually I've had a lot of positive experiences. Um with you know people assuming that i'm from a different country and things so for example there's a lot of like five six-year-olds who would just come up to me and say oh mrs emmerd where are you from what country do you belong to and i would and they would be surprised when i'd say oh i'm from england i've always lived in england i'm english mm-hmm. um so it, it, it in that sense it's actually really nice and um, i use it as a to opportunity um to to teach people that, you know, Islam is a very um diverse religion and it's not just from certain countries that you have to belong to that religion. It's um, it can be for everyone. Um and it's the same with um, you know, adults as well. They've been you know, it's often just met with curiosity, um rather than hostility and, and from my experiences. So I just try and use that as a um as a positive way of kind of teaching more about Islam and the reasons why I converted and things. And um, yeah, so it, it, and it, again, it's just being setting a good example and um, trying to be the best person, because that might be the only way that people have exposure to Islam is through, you know, one individual.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, um, with a positive attitude, you, you can really can turn around any situation you're in for the good of yourself and others. Um, Emma, um, more about your conversion. Now, th- there is always this, this, this one, um, I, I guess, point or um, part of the teaching of Islam that, that would struck someone um, and that would sort of tell you, well, that's something I hadn't seen before. Um, what was that point for you where you thought, OK, this is something that really attracts me towards Islam?
9: Um, there was quite a lot to be, uh, to be honest. And um, so my background is um am from a, quite a small town in, in the north of England. So I didn't have a lot of exposure before going to university um, about different cultural backgrounds and religious backgrounds. So I think one of the most important that I found and um, quite shocking was its similarities to Christianity. Because as you say, you know, originally a lot of people think, oh, it's from, you know, the um, the Middle East, then um, these these kinds of people, um, these religions. But um, so it was quite surprising for me that there were so many um, similarities between, you know, what I was brought up as as a Christian um, to the the way Islam teaches people that they ought to be, um, and um, also as well, I'm quite a, I, I like to look at things as as a rational way and a rational approach. So um, what I particularly was. Attracted to with Islam is the way it's very much in line with science and, you know, scientific discovery, and it complements that in a really good way. So, for example, the Quran would um, make a reference to um, the, the, the way that the universe is um, always expanding. and ever-expanding. Um, and, you know, from a Christian point of view, you think that um, it's kind of a clash between the scientists and um, the Christians. So it was kind of nice to... to to know
0: that you can be religious, but also, um, you know, take a rational approach as well. Absolutely. Um, Also, um, much of the criticism towards Islam is specifically aimed at its teachings on women. Now, as a new convert, also with um, a family and career both, how has Islam empowered you to excel in every respect of your life?
9: So I think firstly it's important to note that um, those who criticise Islam um, and their views upon women, it's it's to do with a lack of understanding of the actual teachings, and maybe they're looking at people who are practising what they think Islam is, but they're doing it and going about it in all the wrong ways. So um, you know, I think it's um, important to you know recognise that and. The fact that um, Islam actually, in reality, it empowers women. So, um, through, you know, it encourages women to um, to be as educated to the you know the best of the possible ways. And um, also, the fact that you know women are encouraged to cover up and do purdah. Um, it actually allows us to be judged on our our thoughts and our opinions rather than the appearance and the fact that we are women. So we kind of try as equals in that way. Um, in all spheres of life, and um, so from my point of view, um, I was quite a, um, a shy and timid person. And because of those teachings, you know, I, I can guarantee that I wouldn't be speaking on live radio right now if it wasn't for you know the, the empowerment that I've got from um, Islam. So it has given me a lot of um, of courage to you know um, use to be, um, and, and teach about Islam in a positive way as best I can. Mm.
2: No, absolutely. I mean, it's just a, uh, it's, it's, it's a great, um, you know, way to, uh, to describe that. I mean, uh, similar, um, stories that you also heard from, from other people also who, who converted and have had similar, you know, uh, experiences of, of, of life. And I think another very important, um, aspect is that, um, you know, the community feel of, of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community especially, where you have, uh, we just re- recently just had our annual convention, the Jalsa Salana, where you know people from all different backgrounds and races come together to to um, to um, take part in this blessed convention to learn and to spiritually progress. We obviously see that you know those countries that wherever the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is uh, established, you know the flags um, in the uh, Jalsa Salana, you know representing those uh, communities that are based across in more than 200 countries worldwide so how does this kind of convention and the community um, highlight the fact that islam and its teachings are for all people and uh, and and all races
9: Um, Well, I think you've mentioned the main point that kind of springs to mind is um, the fact that they have all of the flags of all the different nations um, kind of um, up. Um, And the first thing that um, you know, Al-Khalifa does is kind of raise the flag of Ahmadiyya and it is amongst all of the other flags. And that is a big um, symbolic meaning of the fact that Islam is for all, Ahmadiyya is for all. Um, So I think that is a really nice gesture and way to kind of open the um the proceedings um and again um it is a very much a, a, a convention for all um, because there's, and because there on their speeches and that this as i um most of them are in urdu i don't understand urdu so it's really nice that i can still access it because there are headsets and they translate in many different languages so it is uh, you know a very universal and um, experience Um, And again, because of that, a lot of people from different um, backgrounds and nationalities do attend um, the JALSA, so um, the fact that, you know, everyone can can go and we're all sitting together and you may be sat next to, you know, somebody from an African country and then somebody also from an Asian country and we're all sat together, we're all there for the same purpose, um, which is really nice and, you know, and then I think... The most important thing for me is um, being able to do congregational prayers together and it's you know it's a really nice feeling it doesn't matter who you are what your status or your background is you're all lining up and we are all just praying to god and and that is just a really nice feeling because it you know it just makes us all equal and um you know together in that experience
2: brilliant thank you very much uh emma joining us from uh, leicester uh was great having you on uh, jazakallah thank you very much for your time
9: jazakallah thank you assalamualaikum wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh
2: we uh, would would liked to carry on a bit more but we're coming towards the end of our program with just uh, less than 5 minutes to go um we did talk about you know ways that we can uh, reduce or eliminate racism and of course the islamic teaching uh, pays uh, a lot of attention and uh, emphasis on that um, in chapter 49, verse 11 in the Holy Quran. We read, Surely all believers are brothers, so make peace between brothers and fear Allah that mercy may be shown to you. Uh, then, in the um, sayings of the Holy Prophet, uh, وسلم, pray peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, Prophet Muhammad, he also said that if you shake hands with one another, rancor will depart, and if you make Uh, Presence uh, to one another and love one another, malice will depart. Similarly, you know, there are sayings about greeting each other, regardless of you know uh, if you know a person or not, um, and taking care of neighbors, um, you know, um, discharging your responsibilities to people around you. And again, Allah the Almighty says in the Holy Quran, O mankind, we have created you from a male and female. And we have made you into tribes and sub-tribes that you may recognize one another. Verily, the most honorable among you in the sight of Allah is he who is the most righteous among you. So again, in this verse of chapter 49, verse 14, you know God Almighty uh, clearly states that everybody has been created in the same way from one matter. And then, yes, there are you know tribes, subtribes, different people, but that's only bec- so people can recognize uh, each other. And that does not mean that one should provide one an, uh, one another or create any kind of racist environment. So I think that's, in a nutshell, what we have discussed, uh, isn't it, over the two hours, uh, Salman?
0: Absolutely. And again, uh, another um, narration of the Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he states that uh, the best among you is the most pious Um, there is no such narration that that says that the best among you is the most um, wealthiest, right? And, I mean, essentially, everything we do in Islam is related to piety, right? So, Islam doesn't stop you from travelling the world. Islam wouldn't stop you from um, making money. Islam doesn't stop you from doing whatever you like to do, uh, as long as it is in uh, certain parameters, right? But... As long as you follow the path of piety, as long as there is fear of God. So when you have fear of God in yourself, every action of yours will be at a certain direction, right? And coming back to the um, point, to, uh, to, 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 to our start of this whole discussion, that Islam eradicates racism. If you have the fear of God in you, if you have the love for the creation of God in you, S- things such as racism just cannot exist. Yes, there, yes. there is no coexistence between the fear of God yes. and racism, simple as that. So the,
2: the key is there that people need to turn towards God. Exactly,
0: exactly. You turn to God, you will automatically start loving. Because w- what does God say? God says, if you love my creation, I will love you even mm-hmm. more. Right? Mm-hmm. So the way to become God's beloved is to love his creation. Yeah. And racism is the last thing you you can do to please when god yeah to please god so that Absolutely. is it that, that is the essence of it
2: all right that brings us uh, to a close of uh, the live program today thank you for uh, joining in to listen for for listening in and we will also like to thank Hania Mubarak, Rabita Khan and Sonia Aswal and Aisha Naseem who produced today's program um coming up next is the news assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh